You're tuned in to Positively Terrible. I'm producer Dan, and each week my buddy Scott and I discuss surviving and thriving after trauma. It's a journey that started when Scott, his wife's fiance, and her boyfriend walked into a bar. This week's decent human being is Marie. She's got a fucked up story about non-consensual kinks and emotional abuse. Settle in, my terrible listeners. Today's episode is going to be Positively Terrible. Hey, Scott. Dan, what's going on, man? Well, uh, my kid went to a sleepover last night, and then she came home sick at 7.15 this morning. So my day's <laughs> going all right. How about yours? <laughs> well, I woke up four minutes ago, approximately. Um, my hair's a mess. If we release any video... Uh, oh, we're gonna. I know, it, I know it's a mess, but that's okay. Um... And I stayed up too late last night, but we're recording on a Sunday, and the Bears don't play today, so I don't have to waste my time watching them lose or whatever they do. So I am very good today. Very good today. Uh, how was the circus last week? Uh, the circus was a big hit at our house. Right. Uh, it was entertaining. Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey does not have animals anymore. So it was all people acts. Um, and my daughter was entertained for two and a half hours. You can't ask for a yeah. lot more than that. Awesome. Not to be too woke over here, but very glad that uh, they've taken the animals out of the circus at this point. Uh, sounds they like had a, a robot time. dog. The robot dog. Well, I mean, you can put a dog in the circus. I'm not that worried about that because they're domesticated anyway. But I'm not going to spend any more time on that other than to ask Marie. Have you ever been to the circus? I have. We always went to the Shriner Circus when we were kids. And then I joined a backyard circus as an adult. But we didn't have animals there. I'm sorry. A backyard circus. I don't know what that is. It was literally in my friend's backyard. And so it was a bunch of acrobatics, um, black light acts. It was actually more vaudeville style, but they called it Technomania Circus. But it was okay, literally in the backyard of a friend's house. They had a whole stage and everything. So you are a circus performer. Yes. We this is have the best lead in we've ever done. We have just changed the topic of today's episode. <laughs> uh, you are listening to Positively Terrible. Uh, no, I'm not going to read uh, reread the intro, but um, I'm sorry, listeners, if you want to get dive right into the 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 traumatic events. But you were performing in this. You said you were in. What did you do? I was, well, I met them because I needed a space for my theater company because we were doing like this Lovecraft piece and we needed, so we were doing blacklight theater to begin with. It was just like a natural partnership because they also did a lot of blacklight acts. And so I ended up learning how to do like the Russian ladder trick, which is like a sort of acrobatic thing with two ladders and a lot of people and not falling over, even though you think we're going to. And I played my trumpet. Um, I did a little bit of drag there, all sorts of fun stuff. Okay, so we've got one specific listener who formerly guested on this, who sends texts that says things like, we're 12 minutes in, and I don't know what this episode is about yet. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, Mike, I know you're going to send us that text again. This episode is about traumatic circus performing, Mike. I am Enjoy stuck it. on this. Well, it's not just the circus. You said blacklight theater. What the hell is that? I mean, I assume... You know, I'm going to let, I'm not going to assume anything. I'll let you explain. It's honestly a lot of puppetry. Cause I don't know if you're familiar with HP Lovecraft, the writer, but um, he will spend yeah, kind of, yeah. five pages going like, it's not this, it's not that when he describes his monsters. He says everything, but what it isn't, but not what it is. And so it's really fun trying to create the monsters for it. Cause I love doing monster creation for horror theater. And, um, we realized that in order to really accurately depict what's in these writings is you kind of have to do blacklight because it's so weird. Like when we did dreams in the witch house, like there's all these things as other dimensional 
that weren't supposed to, you know, all the non-Euclidean non-Euclid- geometry, I can say it, um, like that was the only way we could think to depict it was to go into black light. Okay. And so our plays were a mix of acting and puppetry. And with a couple of them, we actually had a live band. This sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Where, sounds where's awesome. this backyard and when is the next performance? <laughs> well, I'm actually not currently doing that anymore. It was in San Diego. And the circus did take a break, but apparently it's back on. So I can reach out to them and find where the new location is. Hey, I, in, in, hey, I've got more questions. Okay. <laughs> you, a, a literal backyard. Is that what you're saying? It literally was. They had this, this cute little house and then they built risers behind it. They built a stage. They had a school bus parked, which is kind of like a changing room. And it was literally just in a backyard. They built this whole space. And I think we had That's seating to 50 people. Is this a single family home? I mean, I mean do you, do they, I, what is the zoning laws? <laughs> well, that's why they had to move. <laughs> okay. Fire department kind of heard about it. And then they moved into a church and they were using that for a long time, an old church. Okay. I, 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 yeah, the, you know what? We could talk forever on this, um, or I could anyway. I've got so many more questions. Uh, listeners might have some of the questions too. I'll tell you what, listeners, terrible listeners, if you've got questions, send them via email, send them over social media, podcast at ter- positivelyterrible.com or at positivelyterrible on social media. I am going to forward them to Marie. Uh, she hasn't agreed to a- answer any follow-ups later, but she's, not agreed she's to a one. Uh, she's a wonderful human being. I I'm almost positive that she'll re- that that we can give her these questions and she'll give us answers because I've got about a dozen more and I'm certainly going to start writing them down. But Marie, hi, welcome, former circus performer. Form is theater. Well, I, I say, I'm going to say former theater. Or is theater something you currently do? I'm on a pause. I will come back to it because there's, there's still shows in my head that I can see fully. Okay. Like well, that. I'm on a pause from being uh, gainfully employed. So we've got that in common. But, Marie, let's back up a little bit. And I heard I, I heard Dan say non-consensual kink. Uh could you just explain what that is? So it's it's different from CNC, consensual non-consent, where you like decide to go into a non-consensual thing. What it happened was I realized years later that my ex had a kink and I had not consented to be a part of it. Okay. And when you say your ex and years later, um, how old were you when this was going on? Um. So I was 24 when I met, no, yeah, I was 24 when I met my ex-husband. And um, yeah, that was a little bit ago. All right. So tell us a little bit about that. So let's start and talk about this just relationship. You you said ex-husband. So Mm -hmm. there had to be a point where things were going well. Well, you know what? I I shouldn't assume anything, but I'm going to say that most people, when they get married, uh, believe things are going well. So was your relationship with this person pretty normal to start out with? Yeah, I think so. Um, we actually met through theater. Um, okay. Yeah. I was out of town and someone elected him president of the board and I did not vote for him. And we actually didn't get along at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You said you're out of town. You didn't vote at all or you voted for someone else? I missed the vote. I missed the oh, vote. okay. Got and it. Here's got this it. dude who thought he knew a bunch of stuff, but actually didn't know much enough about theater for my t- for my team. <laughs> so, no offense, but I've heard some things about theater people every once in a while. Sounds like, uh, w- w- did he fall into that kind of stereotypical theater person then that it might be a little bit obnoxious? <laughs> no, he was. I mean, he was okay. definitely a know it all. He was a know it all about everything. Um, okay. He didn't know it all about theater. That was the problem. If he would have actually known more, it would have been if yeah, he wasn't like showing up in the way that he was acting. Okay. I, I got you. So uh, at this point, you said you didn't vote for him. You were not in town. Were you already familiar with him? I mean, was I he like actually, part of a troop that you were in or how did that work? 
that's the thing. He wasn't even an actor. He was the brother of one of the main actresses that I worked with, with that group. So how did, I mean, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I got on the board either. It was kind of random. Okay. So did you leave, he gets voted in, you come back or whatever. I say leave. You, you just said you weren't there, but yeah. you said you didn't like him or you didn't get along or I, I'm not sure no, what words you used. Where, I but... thought it was kind of a condescending asshole when I first met him and I probably should have stuck to that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, how did it change? What happened? Um, so he pissed me off. So I cast him as the lead character in a show just because to make him show. <laughs> And so we ended up working together a lot. That's the best <laughs> revenge plot I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm I, I just want to know what his circus act was. <laughs> oh, this was this was way before the circus. <laughs> okay. So what 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 uh what 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 was the role? Uh, was this a famous uh work or was this something that was like uh, original? Um no, it was Bell Book and Candle and he played the the romantic lead. I think the character's name was Chef. And coincidentally, the um the theater company's name was Bread and Circus, just to bring all the circus into it. <laughs> nice. All right. So how did he do though? You he was, he did great. He actually he actually was a good actor. He did really well. Oh, okay. Um so do we know him now as Tom Cruise or or <laughs> Oh gosh, no. He's a he's an IT guy that like unless you're in Cleveland, you really haven't heard of him. Oh, so he's big in Cleveland is what I'm hearing. I got you. Yeah. Um uh, all right. So he performed. He wasn't really an actor, but crushed it at this role. Your revenge plot backfired. He becomes an awesome actor. Um and you fall in love. How did that happen? I mean, just from really working together, um, but if we're also going to feed into the theme of the trauma, what had happened before I met him was I had undergone an assault. And so I was in this really weird place. And during and all the other part of the assault was the person I was dating at the time uh, said, you weren't really assaulted. It was consensual, hired lawyers to try to prove his point and ended up like yelling at me for days at a time. So when I met this guy, I was already in a very, very weak place and pretty broken down. And part of the reason I fell for him is because I'm like, oh, because he was barrel chested and bigger. I'm like, you're safe. You can protect me. Mm -hmm. And a couple months after the play ended, he's like, I know this is crazy, but do you want to move to Australia with me? And <laughs> if you think about it, you're like, okay, my life kind of sucks. I still haven't recovered from my first trauma. And here's this handsome guy whisking me away to a foreign country. Of course I'm going to go. Yeah, But I, I couldn't I, work there, and I got disempowered even more. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that. Yeah. But I just want to clarify a, a little bit. When you said you were assaulted, uh, it, it wasn't perfectly clear at first, but it sounds like you were assaulted by your former partner, your previous. No, it was actually, Oh, oh okay. no, it was actually a coworkers, um, boyfriend who assaulted me when I was out of town. Okay. And came, mm -hmm. I interpreted that to be sexual assault is yep, it was a sexual okay. assault. Yep. Okay. So some non-consensual whatever. And it was, a coworker's boyfriend. Was this a coworker that you were friendly with? Uh, I mean, I knew her slightly. It was with, so I used to sell books door to door. We're not going to go down that road. And it was with a company that was related to them. And for everyone who worked for that actual company, there was this layer of safety. But this was like someone who was on the fringe. Okay. Um, you said you're not going to go down that road. I'm not going to ask you to. I feel like there are a lot of roads that we can go down today. <laughs> well, we can talk for hours about. I, I did. I did door to door sales for for five years in five different states. Oh my god, that's how I paid for college. That sounds horrible. Do you, do you have one? Do you, is there one story that stands out from doing door to door sales? Okay, we'll tell this one. So it's when I was in upstate <laughs> New York. Okay. And this is when I was like 19 and I was driving a 77 Oldsmobile Omega, which was like half Bondo, right? So it was like this, 
Yeah. It had a particular look to it, right? Which yeah. made people make assumptions about me that were a little bit different. So when, and I was in the country, so you'd pull down random driveways and be like, yo, hey, do you have kids? And just, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of fun. To me, it was an adventure. And so there's one long driveway I come down, I get to the bottom and there's this huge, gorgeous house. This guy's washing his brand new Porsche Carrera. I get out of the car, he's like, who are you and how'd you get past my security guards? And I'm like, what security guards? <laughs> and we just start talking and he just thought I had a lot of moxie. And he's like, well, I'll get a book from you even though my kids are grown. So we got one book. Okay. And what ha And he put his name on my list that I showed everybody. And after that, everyone who was self-employed uh, bought, you know, rushed to the door when they saw me and immediately bought something without me having to do my pitch. Come to find out, I'd sold the mob boss. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, and they because it was a beat up looking drug running type car, they just assumed. So that was a pretty fun summer. It sounds like it. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I I don't think I've ever sold anything to a mob boss. Uh, so you got me there. That that, that does sound awesome. Um, I so Marie, yes. I think I'm going to struggle today because I want to follow all of these roads. <laughs> I and 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 I will say you said you moved to Australia. Yeah, let's take it back to Australia. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah. not going to let you follow all of these, Scott. I know you're. We not. have a schedule. Oh, so okay, Marie, you're in Australia, mm -hmm. and you moved there on a whim with yep. a handsome, barrel-chested fellow who yep. swept you off your feet <laughs> and brought you to another country. Pretty was right. he Australian, or why was he going to Australia? No, he had gotten an IT gig with their government. Got it. So he was okay. doing some pretty, I guess he called it vaporware. So, yes, yeah. so we were in Canberra because we had near the government offices. Okay. And so you go along okay. for the ride and you can't. Yeah, I mean, your visa doesn't allow you to work or you just can't get a job. No, my visa didn't allow me to work. I And I actually had to go on at one point and prove how cool of a tourist I was. <laughs> Like you have to take receipts of like places you've been and like talk oh. about the things. It I, was I thought really maybe you took. I thought maybe it was just talking about selling books to a mob boss. Nope, <laughs> not not that. Okay, so you prove to them that you're a cool tourist, and I'm gonna. I I have absolutely no doubts that you're a cool tourist, um, and. Your husband is there for, or boyfriend at the time, I think, w mm -hmm. was there for a job. We'll just call, we'll just call him Tom Cruise as a pseudonym okay. right now. <laughs> so you traveled to Australia with Tom Cruise. You're not married yet, and you're disempowered because you can't work. Are you, are you feeling that at the time, or are you just like, hey, this is a fucking vacation for me? Um, a long one. The beginning part is like, oh, this is a fucking vacation for me, but I'm also trying to figure out how to fill my time because there's only so many hikes you can do. So I was working on my writing skills. I did not make it as a short story writer and that's okay. I think okay. I might've gotten a little bit better at storytelling since then. And plus I was trying to write science fiction, which is not my jam. I will okay. watch the hell out of it, but I am not a great science fiction writer. Right. Um, so it kind of crept in later. Okay. And how long were you with him? Did you get married in Australia or was that when you came back or how'd that work? It was after we came back. Um, okay. we came back. Yeah. We came back to take, we stayed there for about a little over a year. We were actually trying to work towards citizenship because he loved it over there so much, but that takes years. Mm -hmm. um, but his dad got his part, his dad's Parkinson got worse. So we came home to talk oh. to um, take care of him. Yeah. Makes make sense. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about, we haven't gotten into the, the trauma really yet, but is it something that is taking place as you're dating or did that come later when you're married? What, the abuse? Uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was honestly, it started in Australia because a lot of it went, so how it looked at first was 
he would, okay, he also, it turns out he did cocaine, so that didn't help either, mm-hmm. um, which I am not into. If you're into that, that's fine, but like, just not my jam. Yeah. Um, so he would get high sometimes, and I didn't even realize this was going on for the first couple years. So it took me a while to, to figure out that he had this problem. Okay. But he would like talk at me for several hours and just basically just a slurry of words, all these deep concepts. Cause we love to talk. That's one of the reasons I fell in love with him was I love to go into really, really deep conversations and I love to nerd out about things mm-hmm. and yeah. imagine things. And, but then it, it took a turn to where it'd be sort of like him saying all these negative things about me and like breaking down all my flaws and then expecting me to respond after I've been talked at for three hours and I'm exhausted it's two in the morning and I just have nothing left. Yeah. That, that's just the breaking you down more or less. Pretty much. It's been a lot of time just breaking me down. And you know, a lot of abusers, try to separate you from friends, isolate you, I should say, from friends, mm-hmm. family. So moving to Australia might have been for his career, but it probably worked out pretty well for him. It did, because I was, I mean, I made friends with some of the neighbors. Um, we had a few friends, um, but yeah, it was pretty isolating. Yeah. Especially because Zoom wasn't like a big thing yet. Sure. Because this was in 2001. Okay. I'm not sure Zoom was available at all at that point. Um, When he began doing this, Mm -hmm. what, I mean, do you remember kind of the first time that it happened? I'm pretty sure it was one of the times in Australia, because I know it at least... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it started when we were there, but it started really slowly. And especially a lot of the negative things started slowly because I had, I went up, I had gained a little bit of weight when we got together because I went on the pill and my body didn't like it. Sure. And so that, that was one of the first things that started was him like pinching my rolls and, you know, making fun of my weight was one of the first things that he started doing. Did he kind of hide it behind playfulness or was it, I mean, it was probably, it was malicious, I'm sure, but did it seem more like playfulness? You know what? It's all I can remember is how much it hurt. Not if he was trying to be playful or not. Yeah. Well, and so, yeah. Let, let, let's be honest, even if he was disguising it as being playful, it, it sounds like it, it wasn't period. It was, yeah, it was not, uh, it was a character flaw in him. Um, okay. Although the irony between that is, the woman he's with now makes all of her men super fat, so they can't leave her. <laughs> I, I'm. That's a whole other story. Yeah, that seems like its own kind of weird kink. It it sounds like, and when I asked, like the first time you had it, it happened, you said, ah, "I'm pretty sure it was in Australia." When you say "pretty sure," does that mean that it could have happened before the move, or? after you came back or no, okay. it was it, it was not before the move because yeah things did start to go sour in australia okay things started to get weird over there did, did you realize it at the time that it was getting weird you know i was so head over heels i was still convincing myself that everything was normal and fine and that it was okay and i was still in the space of making excuses for him yeah and then that happens a lot and 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 it's your Tom Cruise and I'm realizing right now that I'm that I'm dating myself that the the sexy famous actor I can come up with is Tom Cruise. Um I can't come up with somebody more recent and relevant to our younger listeners than that. But okay. So you're in Australia whatever you're I I want to I want to follow the Australia the road right now more than I'm going to. Cause I'm like, okay. Or did you have kangaroos? Like they're like deer over there, right? They're everywhere. Is my impression. They are like deer. They really are. Okay. okay. Except well-built deer. I see all these kangaroo pictures where they're like almost flexing at the cameras. <laughs> 
But anyway, <laughs> um, you're, you're where when you mention when when I mean we we specifically said that this is about a non consensual kink. When does that start to come in? That that started more when we got back and we were taking care of his dad. So I was home with his mother most days, helping take care, and. Um, and like I said, it took me years to realize what was really going on. But those like long monologues that he would do, mm-hmm. he actually perfected them to the point where so he could get me to cry. And I don't like to cry. Right. I actually like had to learn how to cry because um, I grew up shoving my emotions into a box and being strong and being a tomboy. Okay. And so he would pretty much do everything he could to get me to cry. And as soon as I started crying, then he would proceed to be intimate with me. Okay. Was that his, I, I've got a lot of questions there. I, I don't, um, mm-hmm. I don't totally understand the mindset. Of course. Um, is he, was it that he could make you feel better after you were crying or do you, I mean, I guess I'm asking you to get into his head and I don't know that you can do that. No, cause it wasn't about me. Like, cause that's the thing is he would get really, really hot for me as soon as I started crying. And the person he left me for was actually like, she would faint a lot. So there is something that he has around like weakness. She actually died and come back, which is a whole nother story. Um, so there is something about, he liked women who were broken down and weakened. So he would do as much as he could to, to break me down and he started losing interest in me when I, you know, eventually started to heal and was getting better and feeling better about myself. I want a gif uh, of the face Dan made uh, a second ago. Um, Dan, can you do that on, on command? Because I want to nope. see it again. Nope. But if you surprise me with an offbeat comment about somebody dying and coming back. And I, yeah. And I, 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 I'm very excited. And that's another... Uh, another road we won't go down right now. It's it's another episode. It's a different episode. Again, not Marie's uh, story to share. Marie, I want you to know that I love all the stories you're telling, too. Oh, 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 oh. That's why we're not following all these paths, because we like your story. (laughs) And and when I say, excuse me, when I say not your story to tell, uh, all I'm saying, I, I want you to, I want you to scratch the surface of all these stories. I do want to hear them. I'm not being critical that you shouldn't be talking about them. I'm just trying to get back on track. <laughs> so uh, he, after you left, he got involved with one of those goats that faints every time that something shocks them. It was more um, hideous than that. It's what they worked together and she wormed her way into being my BFF. So the three of us would actually hang out together a lot. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and she was what I love though. Cause they're still married. As far as I know, they're both the most manip- manipulative Machiavellian people I ever met. So they're actually uh-huh. a really good match. So they can basically hey. be in this head fuck together for eternity and be super happy because they're both fucking each other over all the time. I, there there are equal know, levels of, of this. So, so There's not somebody decent. for everybody. Isn't, isn't that, isn't that really wonderful? What I like about this, what gives me the warm and fuzzies is that they are not out there finding decent fucking humans at this point they've found each other and are giving each other that kind of trauma and letting the rest of us decent fucking humans find other decent fucking humans uh so i like that okay um but i don't even there are so many roads i'm losing track of where we're at even so he 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 married this other woman um Which is fine and dandy, uh, probably the best thing that could happen for for the world. Um, when did your marriage break down? You know, I'm so freaking stubborn. I'm really glad she interceded. I would have held on for a few more years, and it was really seriously affecting my health. Honestly, because uh, I was in such huge denial. 
Because I also believe like you get married once. That was such a huge belief yep. when I was raised Catholic. And I had some belief, even though I'm super pagan ever since I was 16, but still there was some remnants of it. Um, Same. <laughs> but that belief of like that one true love and my stubborn ass wasn't going to give up and thought I could fix it. And I thought at one point that I had like weaned, you know, stolen him back from her. I thought I'd won the battle. But um, actually when she died and came back and we were taking care of her, that kind of cemented it. Um and that's when I'm like, nope, I lost the battle for him. And then he had the audacity a few months later, because, you know, it took a while to, to decouple, to come to me and say, you know, I think I'm really Polly. And I'm like, okay, that's your truth. He's like, but I want to spend four days with her and you with, and three with me. Or yeah, four days with her and three with you. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm the wife. I should get four. It's over. <laughs> Which was <laughs> in my stubborn ass brain. That's what it took was her getting one more day a week than me to be like, wait. This is fucked. This is not what I want. And I said, go live with her. It's over. So, do, so do, I mean, at the time, it, I mean, you just said you want you wanted the fourth day. Uh, was that well, was that an out for you though? Um. Well, it was that, and the fact that I had spent months planning this super epic New Year's Eve trip. Uh huh. To where? It was to DC. It was to go to this huge King conference. It was going to be like over the top amazing. And he wanted to take her instead of me. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Yep. You lost on the, the vacation. Yep. On the vacation that I planned for us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was the clarifying question that I was going to go back to. I thought I heard that. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently I did. Um, you lost the battle. You won the war, I think. Um, by getting by, by getting out. Um, question though. So, I was not raised Catholic, but I was also I'll, I would will say my small town conservative roots uh, were probably at play when I was in my abusive marriage. And I'll, I'll start by saying I didn't realize my marriage was abusive uh, for until it was ending. Um, but. I was very much in a the headspace of you get married once, like like you said, and the while I didn't know I was being abused, I I did feel like I was a caretaker. She weaponized mental health against me, and I spent a lot of my time thinking that I was just married to and taking care of a sick woman. Uh, and you know she 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 probably was sick in in just in different ways than I realized. But when I knew that I'd be better off not in that marriage, I had that till death do you part for better for worse in my head. And in addition to that, there's the shame. Did. Is shame a feeling that you felt about a divorce? Yeah, there was there was definitely the feeling that I completely failed as a wife. And I also had these weird perceptions, this, this silly belief that isn't true, that the only reason that a man would cheat is because you are a failure in bed. So I felt really, really bad about who I was as a sexual being because... I don't know where I got that belief, but it was really strongly held in me that you have to be epic to keep them from straying. That that doesn't sound uncommon, at least from I, I think I, I could be wrong. And I live in Chicago. You know, we're, we're always voting blue here in Chicago. Um, so my experience might be specific to my location, but I do feel like things are at least changing now that yes, there are probably pockets and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it without knowing, but I feel like, you know, the Bible belt and places like that, that it's more traditional and it's, it is about the woman being able to meet the husband's needs at times. But I don't think that that is uncommon that, that feeling, but I also, I, I hope and, feel like it's changing. Um, but what does that feel like for you when, when, when you feel that way? I mean, I was pretty crushed. I remember 
Oh yeah. That first month was really, 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 really rough. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was also in Cleveland alone, not being from Cleveland. Right. Um, my family was, was down in Columbus and, uh, I didn't know anybody. So I had to make a whole new group of friends. Hmm. Luckily there was an organization I was involved in. So I had at least some, some network, but yeah, it was a lot of things to sort through, like hmm. feeling super unworthy, feeling like a failure. And also I had a four year gap in my work history. Cause that was one of our biggest fights. Cause he would always say, yeah, I could never get a job that would be, that would even cover the gas to get there was a phrase that he used a lot. Mm -hmm. But for, for an abuser, yeah, that probably was playing out perfectly for him. It really was. Yeah. I, I mean, he could hold it over your head, mm -hmm. but also, I mean, you don't have an income. It's not super easy to pick up and go. It's, yeah. it's, it's like he owns you at that point. Pretty much I did. We, and we had just moved into a brand new apartment. So, uh, and he also beat me down to not get a lawyer, which I kind of regret, <laughs> um, giving into that. I ended up I mean during the divorce. Yeah. During the divorce, which I wrote myself, <laughs> um, but I didn't ask for enough. I got the apartment for the year, the computer and one of the, and the, well, both the cars are in my name, which is a whole nother story, but I did keep the better of the two cars. Cause he never fixed mine. Like he said he would. Yeah. Um, so so, so yeah. you took the Maser you took the Maserati. Okay, awesome. Um, not super practical, but you look cool driving it. It was a Dodge Intrepid, but yeah, instead of <laughs> okay, the, the Maserati of Cleveland. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm not gonna comment because I don't I, I I know that I alienated our Cincinnati fans one one interview so. Cleveland rocks. I think that's even in a song um, or at least on the beginning of the Drew Carey show. It has a really good metal scene. If you like heavy metal. Good to know. I, you know, I'm on the outskirts of heavy metal. I appreciate it. I always feel like I should like it more than I do. Um, but I, I, I don't, I, I skew more, a little more on the punk side, but mostly on the folk side. I don't know if punk and folk is a, sounds like a weird conversation, but there's actually a combination, but there's actually a large overlap and we can talk about that later on a different episode. Um, We're going to have to have you back a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. And I know, I, I, I know that at, we intro this as uh non-consensual kink uh, mm -hmm. and have told a, a larger story and that's that's okay that's that's the that's the road we've gone down and i have followed the most so uh i hope i'm not disappointing any of the listeners uh that that we didn't focus a little more on that but i want to get to the point where um things started changing for you where the the the, the positive part um so you you left him you got the sweet dodge intrepid you're mm -hmm. feeling is are you feeling pretty good about yourself at this point or are we talking about a years-long rebuild that kind of took to to get you back to where you needed to be well within i would say within like three months later i started having other support in my life um uh -huh. I actually did start dating, but I picked someone on purpose that I knew I wouldn't fall in love with. So <laughs> when we had a really good arrangement, really good communications, so at least I had some, some, like some physical attention. Um, and that also helped me feel good. And did you know, then, all the, okay, I just want to ask, did, did you, did you know all of the trauma you were healing from at the time, or did you think it was just divorce that you were healing from? I think by that time I realized how abusive the relationship was Okay. like a few months later, but it, it took me a long time to unravel all of it. And, here, and here's part of it was like, there was also this, this other huge layer of guilt because he was not in the kink community until I introduced him to it. Okay. Cause I used to flog people in goth nightclubs. Right. And so like, I was super into that community. I love it. And so I would like, find people and see if they're into it. And like, I would introduce them to it. And so I felt like some of the abuse that was going through, cause he was also, when he was doming, he was really abusive, but not in the fun consensual way okay. in the, like, 
I'm going to be mean to you and call you whatever I want. And like, there was no talk beforehand about what he was going to do to me or what he was going to say. Right. And so he was basically one of those guys who thinks, Oh, I'm the Dom. I get to abuse people. And so there was layers of guilt to release on that thinking it was my fault because I taught him how to be in that community. Yeah. And I can imagine that there's a lot of questioning of yourself at that point. And I, and I think that's what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, from the people not <clears throat> familiar with the kink community, um, I, I don't know how to say or, or ask what I'm going to ask, but um, really when we're talking, you know, you, you said a, a dom and it was more, abusive than fun um but i my understanding my limited understanding of the kink community and in in the world at large is it is about consent have your fun but do it in a way that's safe and considers everybody's wants needs and safety right right and I think the biggest misperception people have is that honestly, the sub is the one who's in charge when you're doing it correct or not not correctly. When you're doing it safely, when you're doing it like really consensually, it's really all about what's the experience the sub wants and then matching that with, with what the Dom wants, but in a way that you're both agreeing to everything. Yeah. And do you think, I know we, we got to the, the positive part of the story, but yeah. I, I do want to ask a question about that. Do you think he knew that it wasn't as fun? It wasn't what you were looking for, the way he was doing it? I think he, yeah, I think he might have thought that it was fun, but also there was a lot of times where it felt like it didn't actually care what I thought. Yeah. Well, and you know, with a, a lot of forms of sexual assault, it's often about power and control. Is do you is that what is that was that your feeling that that he got off on his power and control? Yeah, pretty much. He just needed to because he needed to control everything. Yeah. Well, that fucking Tom Cruise I mean, guy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> he would even try to control what I said to other people. Like we're looking for apartment. He's like, call the guy and tell him this, this, this. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're out of it. You're, it mm-hmm. takes you a few months, but you said that you found support and you mentioned dating someone, but was, is that who you're considering the support or was it? No. Okay. Um, there was a community I volunteered with. So every Monday I had a place to be. So I was being held accountable. And so I mean, I love doing volunteer work, by the way. And I love being on the support staff of things. Like if I go to a festival, I'd rather be running a booth. Okay. Um, that, me, but awesome for you. Well, that, that stabilizes me to be of yeah. service a lot. And so I was able to be of service with this group and I learned a lot through it and there's a good supporting community. And then through that, I got hooked into, I started doing promotional work for psychic fairs. So I got some healing from hanging out with the psychics. And then, um, through one of them, I finally got a decent job because it's really hard to get a job with a four year gap in your work history and tell people that you were a housewife and they kind of laugh at you and say, you don't need the job and send you on your way. Sure. And then give it to somebody I think is more deserving, but that's another story. Yeah. I have a lot. Um, and eventually through that job I got, I finally got to move to California, which was one of my dreams and get back into theater. And that's actually where a lot of the healing happened. Okay. Um, you ran away and joined the circus. I get it. Okay. Uh, when you say that you, you, so you, I I mean, I mentioned community a lot on here. Mm -hmm. So you built or built or found your, your community in California. Were, did you have anyone therapist, best friend, anyone who, did a lot of the heavy work with you or was it just kind of moving on and growing? Um, yeah, there were a few friends, but I, the majority of the healing actually came a few years later because I did the best I could to put myself together. But when I started studying Theta Healing and taking those classes and becoming a teacher in that, that's actually what moved the majority of the emotions and beliefs out of me and brought the most healing. All right. 
I'm going to say a disclaimer here that Dan and I interview a lot of people who have a lot of different strategies for their mental health. Um, Theta healing. Is that the term that you used? It is. Okay. Tell us about that. I was going to say, not something I'm familiar with. So, um, and, and part of my disclaimer, Marie, was going to be, I don't always believe in everything our guests talk about other than the fact that if it works for you, I'm, I'm fucking supporting it. So (laughs) theta healing sounds like something that's a little different than what I'm used to. It might not be, but I want to hear about it and I want to uh, maybe not fully educate our our listeners on this, but kind of give us a little bit about what that is. Well, it's an alternative healing modality and it is not, and it does not replace traditional therapy and it doesn't replace medicine, first of all. Okay. It okay. is something in addition to those things. So a lot of my clients, when they have something serious, I'm like, please make sure you're actually seeing like a clinical psychologist or having that other support system. Uh-huh. And um, so what it is, it's just based on the premise that your belief system um, creates what's going on in your life and creates your body. Mm-hmm. And so we, we sit down and we have like a long conversation, putting people into a theta brainwave, which is like hypnosis. So they can go a little bit deeper and access parts that they've forgotten and be able to release something that some shit that somebody said to you when you were five that pissed you off in the moment and kind of got stuck. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about it consciously, but it's in the back of your mind, kind of like bouncing around like, oh, my God, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Sure. And releasing that because that'll unplug a lot of other things. So it's basically okay. releasing this background noise in your brain that you're not consciously aware of. Okay. That sounds interesting. Um, sounds totally useful. I've got some shit that I could unbounce in my brain, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And and, and I, I'm sorry, I was trying to absorb all of that. Um, did, did I hear hypnosis? What 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 was that? It overlaps with hypnosis in that we put people or we um, work from a theta brainwave. Okay. So that's the same brainwave you're in when you're in REM sleep. Okay. Okay. Um, so how long did you do this? Well, I'm, I'm actually a teacher now and that's still my business. It's like, that's what I do. I teach it all day long because it's super fun. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. Um, but the biggest healing with this relationship or with, because there was other abusers later on, but that's all those other stories mm-hmm. is I realized the reason I kept getting myself into these relationships, even though I know better, um, was I was carrying this subconscious belief that love was going to kill me. And that belief was trying to prove itself right. And once I released that, my whole relationship to relationships changed. Well, I'm glad that happened for you, and I'm glad you released it. And, you know, er, earlier, I, I do want to clarify, um, I, I'm i not sure the words I use, but I think I said that, I, you know, I don't always believe in everything that I hear. But I, I want to make it clear that I am supportive of the different strategies that help people, Marie. Yeah. And the biggest thing to me is if that strategy works for someone mm-hmm. it it worked it it is wonderful and i i when i say don't believe i i shouldn't say believe i should say understand um and it's not for everyone i i'm guessing but it's not what is your t- i mean what is your teaching like what what, what and, and i'm so is that the word to use teacher or coach or what what's the word to describe okay I'm a teacher. I love, I love to do lectures and I love to expand people's minds and all right. it's all right. fun. Okay. But you're right. And it's not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And um, I, I know that there's a lot of things that would probably be good for me <laughs> if I open my mind up to them a little bit. Um, so what is, what is the experience like when you are seeing uh, what's the word? I, I practitioner, uh, <laughs> a theta healer. Um, well, I mean, on, on, on your, on the end of the person delivering this, um, how do we refer to a theta healer? A theta healing practitioner. Okay. Practitioner. Cool. Um, what would the experience be like if someone were to go to, to one of those? 
I mean, the first thing I do is I ask people, do you even know what I do? Because I get a lot of referrals from people who are just like, work with Marie, she'll help you. But their friend never tells them what I do. So I do it okay. like I told you. Yeah. And then, because um, there is there is a spiritual woo side to this too. So we do, before we get in the conversation, I usually check people's energy for basically, um, are they absorbing energy from other people and helping them release that? and making sure that there's no entities like ghosts or anything attached to them. And then we get into what do you want to work on today? And then once they explain, I'll do a scan of their body to see how it's, how it, how their energy is around that topic to un understand which questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And then I'll walk them through a meditation. And what we're looking for is, um, because I know in therapy, people can kind of go down the same road. So we're looking for the answers that you're not giving your therapist is one way to phrase it. So we're basically all have a series of questions and we're trying to get to a certain period in time, like before you were seven years old, generally, um, and just have them relax. And I say, I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind, especially if it doesn't make any sense. And then we kind of follow these different emotional threads that are very not logical. Okay. Right. Because we're not trying to use our brain. We're trying to understand where the trauma is in the body. Sure. Because from the theta perspective, we're not following a logical series of events. We're following an emotional thread. And so we're trying to figure out, like, what was that thing that happened when you were three or whatever? And so it's, it's, it's very it's a very nonlinear process, which yeah. is what's fun about it for me. Okay. Yeah, that that sound I I have got again uh, so many questions, Marie. And how would someone find you if they wanted to? Is this something you do online or in person, or how does that work? Yep, I do it online. Um, okay. And my business name is House of Kellen, and that's K E L L E N. Okay. And and, and we will so, link to it. Yep, and that's dot com Instagram. TikTok. TikTok's more of my kink stuff. That was an educator. And then Facebook. So. Okay. Yep. So at, the, at this point in your life, how would you describe it? It's pretty freaking amazing. I mean, oh, I've, yes. got, I've got this man who loves me and is truly like kind and accepting in a way that I've never felt before. Ooh. I've got the most adorable kitty. I've got a cute house. I'm befriending a bunch of crows. So yeah, life is good. Oh my God. I love crow TikTok. I love crow talk. Uh, so, and, and for the listeners who are not on crow TikTok, what are you doing to befriend the crows? Well, I need to find the more shiny things, but they've been getting like so many peanuts. Okay. I have like a special feeder for them. So I'm putting food out for them every day. And I also go into a meditation and try to like send them love and let them know that I'm here to see if we can, you know, do some hippie communication with them. Hell yeah. And have they brought you any gifts yet? Not yet. Okay. So Dan, Dan's making faces. I don't think he's familiar with Crow TikTok. Oh, I'm familiar with Crow TikTok. Oh, I'm making oh. faces because I don't have enough crows in my neighborhood to befriend. They only show up They're once in a while and like get in a fight with some squirrels. <laughs> they live there's a there's 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 a, a a pack a murder a murder it's a murder of crows mm -hmm. there is a murder of crows that in the fall uh, in in the spring i mean it was uh, two blocks away i don't know if they're, they're not migratory birds are they you know what this is not about crows <laughs> I, I could i love birds okay i i've told people in the when i was before the pandemic, I would say to people that I can't wait until I'm old enough to be a birder and not be embarrassed by it. And then the pandemic happened. And I think younger people started birding a little bit. Um, but I fucking love birds. Are you, are you a crow person or a bird person, Marie? Well, my favorite bird is the Eurasian Eagle Owl. So I am my a favorite bird. bird. Yes. You are my people. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm going to Google this later. I'm probably going to put up uh, TikToks and everything else on our social media about crows and Eurasian. What kind of e uh, owl? It's called a Eurasian eagle owl. They're like they're big. They're huge. Oh, I've met some great ones. There's an animal. There's a um, a rescue organization here in Ohio that goes to Ren Fair that has one named Bilbo, who's amazing. And if you give them money, they let you hold him. And okay. then. 
I met another one named Henrietta in um, Edinburgh one day, and that was just an amazing thing too. So I remember all the names of every Eurasian Eagle Owl I've met. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I've got more questions that I'm not going to ask about the Eagles. Uh, I'm sorry, Eagles, Owls. What did it's, you it's say? an owl. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a huge, scary looking owl with beautiful eyes. So, yeah. Man. I love birds of prey. I love owls. I love crows. I love, I just, just bring me all the birds. Uh, and I, 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 I'm, I'm risking uh, losing our listeners right now. Cause I don't, not only are we talking about birds, but it's not even like they're on this. The, the, this is an audio format, right? We're not showing them the birds. We don't have pictures. So we're, we're losing people here. Um, but Freaking awesome. Uh, amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I think it's an amazing for your life today. Um, but they, but also, they, I, I, I don't know how to wrap this up. I just want to say that that's fucking amazing. I love the point that we get to the awesome lives and get to laugh a little bit, Marie. Um, and, and I do want to just reiterate one last time that, again, the theta healing doesn't sound like something I'm going to be booking a session with you for Marie, but I am very much in support of the type of work you're doing. The focusing, not focusing on mental health, allowing others to focus on their mental health. And if it works, I am all for it. It sounds like that type of stuff has worked for you and you are an absolutely wonderful person, a decent fucking human, an amazing guest. Marie, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to share all of your social media, website, whatever you want us to. Send us that. We will get it up when we share the episode. Um, I'm sorry. my I'm, I'm having computer problems. Can you see that my monitor is turning off? I, sometimes yeah. people tell me that they like the they can see that my face. You know what? Again, this is an audio format. I'm going to shut the fuck up for just a second about my uh, visual problems. But Marie, it's been wonderful. I'm grateful, humbled, honored. I loved our conversation today. I hope this isn't our last conversation ever, even if it's not on the internet and not released to our listeners because you're an amazing person. Thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. And for our listeners, remember to follow us. Please follow us at Positively Terrible on social media. If you want to tell us anything, you can send us an email, podcast at PositivelyTerrible.com. This has been a wonderful interview. I hope you've enjoyed it. And as always... This has been absolutely, positively terrible. I met you back at Tonica Fest. I confess I was nervous and stressed because I thought you were the best. I was right. And that night we got into a water and fight that I won. I shot you in the face. It was fate. I offered you a spring. You declined. I said, keep it you might decide to
Positively Terrible is a part of the Terrible Podcast Network.